Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast. I'm your host, Adi, and with me is Costa Levoyanis. Peter and Lambro are missing. Lambro's in the middle of his move still back to Geneva. And Peter, of course, has previous obligations. Uh, so Costa and I are going to be bringing you home today. We have an exciting, exciting episode today. Obviously, we have PAR coming up uh, right after we get to, through some post-match. But before we start... We're going to do some housekeeping. Uh, our first episode of February will feature the president of Olympiacos Washington, D.C. Soccer School, Harry Kara George. The podcast team would like to congratulate them with a huge shout out on their acceptance into the United Premier Soccer League. Hopefully this means that we will see a U.S. star feature for Olympiacos. We'll cross our fingers on that one. In the episode, which will air February 17th, right before our showdown with PSV, the PSV podcast will be joining us for a little pre-match uh, for that Europa League knockout round. And lastly, thank you again to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies around the world for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at www.piraeusintl.com and give them a call at 410-675-4696. Costa, you have some transfer news for us? Very interesting as we approach the uh, the end of the January transfer window, we're heading into the last week and we've had some uh, surprising perhaps news um, for, for some. Socrates Papastathopoulos is set to sign for Olympiacos uh, on Monday, 25th of January. That's the date that this podcast will be published. This came a little bit out of the blue as on Saturday, morning it seemed he was heading to Lazio but on Saturday evening uh, he was getting ready and packing his bags to come back to Greece and play for Olympiacos. According to various reports he's set to sign a two and a half year contract and uh, the salary is expected to be in the range of one and a half million euros per year so he's going to be one of our most uh, well-paid players i think it's um, a fantastic move uh, we just when it comes to these kinds of greek players that are you know available in a free transfer and a player like socrates who's played for so many years abroad uh, has uh, a great pedigree leadership abilities somebody that can potentially you know fill a fill a gap if samedo leaves in the summer uh, all in all i think it's a very good move so I'm quite, I'm quite happy about that. Um, otherwise, some rumours still going around about uh, a winger. Victor Joao, or Joao Victor from Wolfsburg, a Brazilian uh, player, is apparently under the microscope for us. And at right back as well, we are considering some, some options. The latest name that's come to the fore is Stefan Ristovsky a player who plays his trade at Sporting Lisbon. He hasn't featured for Sporting the last six months, but he has played in some games for his national team. Uh, he could be coming in on a loan plus option of two and a half million euro uh, deal. However, uh, if recent performances are anything to show from Thanasis Androutos, 
maybe we won't be looking for a right back anymore. Uh, I know Ari's been looking into some very interesting statistics uh, of Andrutos' performance the last couple of days. Ari's, Ari, what do you got? I mean, Andrutos, we tweeted it out earlier today. Andrutos, in the last two games he's played, the game today and, of course, the cup game against Panetolikos, has overlapped, made more overlapping runs in two games, roughly 190 minutes of playing time, than Rafinha has in over two months. And in that two months, we're looking at almost 600 minutes of playing time. So he has done more in the overlapping runs, more made more presence on that end, trying to stretch the field, stretch the width, also stretch the length of the field than Rafinha has in about half the season so far. That is huge. Overlapping wingbacks are huge. It is a core tenant of our offense we have all seen how flat the offense looks without it how difficult it is for the winger sometimes to get space when you have it it really helps us open things up especially when we're having if issues unlocking opposing defenses adruzos is fantastic on the ball he's quite dynamic he's got great vision downfield as well you guys saw it today he had a couple of those long through balls they didn't quite work out they didn't connect but he saw the passes that's what we care about execution will come he can get better on the technicals with that but it's important that the vision is there the vision is much more difficult to teach a player Rafinha doesn't do that quite so much he's heavily involved in our link up but what's more important to us is that overlapping wing play. The one thing that Rafinha has over Adruzos is the defensive capability. You guys have all seen it. You saw a little bit of it today. Adruzos isn't quite as confident or sure in his defending ability. He gives a lot of space, probably because he's not quite comfortable yet in that role. He gives himself. He gives the player in front of him dribbling a lot of space, so that way he has a little bit more time and room to make an adjustment when he's trying to close the ball down it's not horrible but there is some improvement that's needed there today he or sorry uh just in the greek cup game he was seven of 13 on his defensive duels not that they were all he was getting beaten one-on-one -on -one. the primary issue was he was laying players off or handing off to other players. So in reality, it was more like 9 of 13, which is a much better defensive ratio than it looks like. So this is good. This is also something he's going to learn. But in Greece, when we're primarily on the offense, there is absolutely no reason right now, based on what we've seen, that Adruzzo should not be playing. So the big question is, do we play him against Bauk on Wednesday? Because on Wednesday, he's likely to match up against Zolis. So w what do you think about that? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Martins won't play him. Solis is talented, and even me, I don't know if I'm confident in the defensive ability of Andrutos to handle Solis. Rafinha, despite some of his other issues, is a little bit better defensively, and I think we can probably 95% expect that Rafinha will be starting because he has – he won. It's a derby. He's a veteran, and he's a little bit better defensively. He'll probably be the starter. Well, interesting here. I actually put out a poll just after today's game and I asked the question, should we start him against Pauk? And the sample is pretty good. We've got around 200 votes. 74% say yes, he starts against Pauk. 26% say he doesn't. That's 74% of 
want Andrutos to start on Wednesday against Bauk. That's what the people want. I, I think I, I tend to agree with you. I think also the reason that Martins gave him the nod today was one, because I think truly his, uh, he deserves it. He had a good game in the cup. And I think um, whatever we might say about Martins, I think he generally has this reputation uh, whereby if a player deserves something, if a player has performed, he, he rewards the player. And I think he did that mm -hmm. today. And I think he also has in the back of the mind that Rafinha needs to be very fresh on Wednesday. It's going to be, um, I mean, Dolis is one of Balk's most dangerous players, if not their best player. So that's going to be um, a hell of a task for Rafinha on uh, on Wednesday. So I, I would I would like to see Andrutos more in that role. I think he's clearly worked on the tactical side of you know playing as a right back. We all know that he started his career as a second striker. Uh, Paolo Bento brought him into the into the team when he was coach. Then a lot of people in Greece say he's uh, he's better playing as a number eight. He's played the number eight role in the under-21s for Greece. Uh, and at Olympiakos, he just does not... He's never going to get the time. He's never going to get yeah. the time to play in midfield when you've got players like uh, Kamara, uh, Mvia, even mm -hmm. Buchalakis, and so on and so forth. There's too much, too much competition. Absolutely. And you know what? This isn't the first time we've seen a player have his position adjusted. So I think it's I think it's fine. If, if this is how we have to see him on the field, he adapts a new role, a role where he's going to see the field more often and he's going to excel. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. It made me laugh. We saw a previous guest of ours, Apostolos Caradonis, who talked about the Greek youth and he mentioned, oh, you guys have ruined this kid. Well, I mean, if just because he's changing his position doesn't mean that we've ruined him altogether. I think it means he's made an adjustment. He's working really hard at it, you can tell. And Pedro Martins, despite what we may think in terms of his stubbornness and despite what we may think in terms of his uh, inability to rotate, he does reward hard work and he rewards good form. We've seen it with Bukalakis, Marios Vrusai. Now we're seeing it with Adruzos. He does it. You, if you play well, if you work your butt off, he rewards you. Masuras is another great example of it. You know, he's not playing much now because he's not doing so, so well. But if you play well and you work your butt off, you are going to get the minutes. And now time for some post game. We just had a, a great game, a big one, nothing uh, against Atromeros. And of course, following that was a brilliant draw from Aiken Pauk. Dropping points, giving us an even bigger lead for the title race. Not sealed. Obviously, it's we can still say it's a little early, but the lead's pretty comfortable, and something tragic would have to happen for us to drop uh, enough points for either team to be able to catch us at this point. Uh, but, Costa, what were your thoughts on the game today so far? We briefly talked about the Greek Cup game and Adruzos uh, earlier. But what were your thoughts on the game today, overall? Uh, let me say that I think when we saw the 4-3-3 employed again, I know that on the podcast we've talked about this, well, you guys have talked about this quite a lot. 
we prefer the four-two-three-one formation. Fortunis not being in the in the starting eleven may have raised some eyebrows. Even Andrutus being in the lineup, we talked about that already. But I think in the end, um, Coach Martins he set up the team in a way that he wanted to control the tempo of the game, be in possession. And this is a, a team that we were playing today that beat Bauk, they beat Ajax at home. So, and they've been a team that's frustrated us a lot over the over the past few seasons. Last year, we remember it took us uh, in a stoppage time header from Hassan to win the game 1-0 again. But I felt that the game plan was executed uh, to a T. We dominated possession. I don't remember them having any clear chances throughout the game. Um, right. And it was, for me, the first time in as many years that I can remember that it was a comfortable kind of day at the office playing against Atromitos away. 1-0 always being uh, a bit shaky uh, and unpredictable, but um, in the end we did more than enough and it could have been two or three, uh, two or three goals and we could have seen it out if we were a bit more careful in the in the final third with our with some of the final passes with the finishing. But all in all, uh, a professional performance. We may have rested some players as well. Brimmer came off. Fortunis played 30 minutes. Rafinha was was rested the entire game. We might see him start on uh, on Wednesday. And we've got a big game coming up against Bauk. So it's a good a good result. Yeah, it definitely was. And Bruma alone could have had three. You know, he he was in the position to score quite a few. And then I can't. I can't remember exactly how many balls were sent into the penalty area across the mouth of goal. And nobody could seem to get any appendage on the ball just to, to tap it and, and just help it slide into the goal mouth. It was, there was no lack of chances. Let's say it was really more of an issue in regards to finishing and perhaps even in the offensive third, a lack of players actually getting into those positions we've brought up a couple of times in the past how we seem to have a lot less of the what what we what we say in the US the crashing of the goal mouth getting bodies forward when balls are being played in last year when we were going through game footage we had a lot of that we had players that would go to goal or Sudani is one of them a player that would just crash the goal mouth didn't you know and then get some scrappy goals out of it Vrusai did it in the Greek Cup this past week, that's how he scored the goal. It was the the ball played in from Adruzos. Hassan hit it, and Vrusai was running to goal, and then ended up getting a rebound and scored. Vrusai didn't play. I didn't see any players going for some of those rebounds. Imagine if we had one person crashing the goal mouth today with all of those balls getting sent into the penalty area just in front of goal. I mean, I, I can guarantee you if Sudani was in the game today or maybe even Hassan for a good portion of the game, if he was in there, probably would have nicked something, some tap-in off of one of those. And this game would have been more than one nothing. There were a lot of chances. And I'm sorry, Adromidos, it might have been one nothing, but the scoreline didn't reflect how the game went. I mean... Even let even if 
the the officiating were more favorable to Atromidos, we'll say, there's no way they were scoring anything. They didn't come close. They weren't threatening hardly at all. I mean, this game was, it should have been a three or four nothing win. That's how dominant it was, unfortunately. You know, it is what it is. Sometimes you just, it, you don't score. Whatever we didn't score today, I hope we score it on Wednesday. But, um, Absolutely. I, I th- Absolutely. I think it was a, a good game for the neutral even. It was it was a lot of passion in that game. Tackles were flying in from, from both teams and, 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 and like you said, okay, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we could have been better in the final third, but you don't expect, you know, um, Bruma and Valbuena to be the ones uh, darting into the box and kind of feeding off a rebound. That's definitely something Vrusai we, we saw do that uh, in the cup yeah. game or Masuras. He likes to get into the penalty box. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, all in all, there's, you, you can't look at the performance today and it's hard to pick someone out and say, oh, he didn't have such a good game. Yeah. Or, 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 or again, on, on, on the flip side, if we're going to pick man of the match. It's, uh, it's hard. There were a couple of uh, standout performances today. Yeah, there, there definitely were. And I will say one thing, because I do want to briefly talk about Bruma, because we have in, you know, in our group chat when we're discussing the game, we have some, not, maybe not split opinions, but we always kind of go back and forth with Bruma right? You know, Bruma looks great some weeks and other weeks you're not really sure. Like today he was moving, but not really getting involved in the game. I, that's the, that's the thing with him. It's what is, is this guy going to be reliable for us at the wing position? I think it's, this season is so particular and I'm sorry we keep coming back to this, but he came on the last day of, uh, of the transfer window with no preseason he was injured most of the time the first few months uh, coming coming into december january it's and and maybe you could see it today because there were some some actions that we were creating where bruma was in the good position but for some reason you know the ball would kind of stop just before it got to him or uh, he, he's getting into the positions and that's normally the, the most important thing when you're when you're talking about those attacking players is that they're in the right place and it, i mean it's hard to it's hard to predict whether if he stays next season he's going to deliver the goods and the price tag being what it is six and a half million i i'm he's a good player no doubt but whether we're going to give six and a half million at the end of the season i find it hard to to believe we'll do that um, normally even when we have lower uh, options even with with Jose Sao or Luka Milivojevic or any other players that we've brought in on loan Miralas from Saint-Étienne we've always tried to bring those um, bring those option fees down I don't know whether whether PSV is going to be willing to to drop their demands especially if we knock them out of the Europa League in our in our matchup but um who who knows who knows yeah and the the data did just recently populate um you know uh, we do apologize if we can't really get a lot into the numbers because Lately, these games are happening all on Sundays. We record on Sundays, so it's very difficult for us sometimes to get the data to really give you guys some of the um, a really clear picture of what happened. But just some things to uh, to discuss. You know, the the multitude of chances. I mean, we did have thirteen 
13 opportunities, um, two of which were really solid opportunities. The, the Bruma, um, the Bruma goal, of course, and then the Mari Cavara opportunity that was literally right in front of goal when he was dribbling for hours and then finally took the shot. But a lot of the other shots didn't really register a high uh, goal threat. Our, our X goal for the game was 1.03, but Adromiros' X goal for the whole game with five shots was 0.06. So every opportunity was registered a 0.01, which was quite, is, that's the lowest threat metric you can give any opportunity is a 0.01 so all of their shots one was a 0.02 so just barely beyond worthless so this game finished how it should have by the by the data one nothing that's what the, the expected goal metric says uh, but another thing that i want to highlight i talked about it after the yanina game uh we had almost 20 crosses look what happens with Overlapping wingbacks. Our volume in the crosses skyrockets. It absolutely skyrockets. We were complaining before about how our crosses, were, you know, we were getting less, you know, 10, 12. Sometimes a good game for us was 15. Against Balk, we only had eight. Look what happens when you have real overlapping wingbacks. Adruzos, Oleg. We're getting the width back in the game. And when a team like Adromidos or a really small club starts parking the bus, this is how you get around that. This is how you open them up. And it's just refreshing to see. And I really do hope, when, earlier we discussed the poll, I really do hope Adruzzo's features more because we need the overlapping wingbacks for our offense to really get moving. We've said it many times before. That was, and, and you said it earlier, it's a key tenet of our, of our system. How we play was key to our successes the last couple of years. Um, Oleg it looks like he's been playing for us for yeah for, for for a long time. It doesn't look like he just joined a few weeks ago. Today we really started to see some things from him going forward. Him breezing past their defenders and delivering crosses, or one into El Arabi at the beginning of the game. I think the first chance right. we had was was a, an opportunity that Buchalakis started in the midfield. He spread it out wide. He Oleg got the ball and he breezed past their right back, delivered the cross, and Madas made a, made a fantastic save to, on, yep. on the El Arabi header. And then there was the Bruma chance as well, where, again, you just saw Oleg bombing down the left-hand side and delivering that cross into Bruma, which was a hard volley to take. But but again, he he put the ball into, into a dangerous spot and... He looks um he looks like we he looks like a good pickup. Yeah, uh he definitely is. I mean, and I'm gonna say it, uh I said it in the deep dive as well. The technique can use a little bit of work, his touch, uh he can have a bit of a lead foot at times, but his mind's right defensively. I mean, he's very aggressive. Fortunately, he kind of leaves that aggression for the 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 opposing third, the offensive third, so we don't get caught too much trouble back, but really quick, covers his ground. There's so much to like about him uh, as a player. And, you know, uh, before we really begin to do some of the, the match ratings, I think we should also, since we didn't really get to cover, cover the Greek Cup, 
the game against Bonadolikos because we did our first basketball episode, which was fantastic. You guys did a great job, by the way. Loved it. Even though I'm not a basketball fan myself, so you guys won't probably ever be hearing me on those episodes. I don't know basketball. I don't watch basketball, so it'd be a waste for me to even be on there. But I think we should do a coach rating and a man of the match for the Greek Cup against Panatolikos as well. Uh, go ahead and start, Costa. Who would have been your man of the match for that game, and what would have been your grade for Martins? Jesus, you've caught me here because <laughs> I almost <laughs> I almost can't remember that game anymore. <laughs> Well, I'll start. I still have, obviously, because I do look at the data, I have a probably fresher in my memory. I'll start. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm going to give Martins. It was a pretty comfortable 3 nothing win. I, I don't know if I can give him anything less than an A. He rotated the side, and then yeah. the, 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 the changes did have impact. So I can't give him anything less than an A. And my man of the match is going to be Marios Vrusai. One goal, one assist. He didn't do, he didn't have really have any successful dribbles. He had one cross. So the in terms of the the general aspects of the game, you know, we could say maybe he wasn't as successful as normal, but but the details for me is what he did that set it apart. He had the assist and then crashed the net after the Hassan, the Hassan strike from Adruzos to to get to get that goal. And those details the minor details, his minor movements ended up giving us the end product and therefore for me would give him the man of the match. I, I think now now that I've refreshed my memory a little bit, yeah, I mean, what we were all expecting that game was was rotation and for yep. the entire team to, you know, the first team players to get a rest and what we wanted to see was Pepe. Yep. I think this was who I had my eye on more than anybody during that game. Uh, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I still haven't made my mind up fully about him, but I I don't think he's I don't think he fits our mentality. Compare him to Oleg. Right. Oleg looks like an Olympiakos player. He's aggressive. And he has that aggression. He has that mentality. And Pepe looks great from a technical point of view. He can play those lofted passes over the top. And he tried to do that a number of times against Panandolikos. Uh, I still need to... It's perhaps not fair to write him off completely because he hasn't had consistent games back-to-back. Um, but But overall... You're right in terms of the ratings. Martins, okay, he gets an A because he rotated the team and we looked comfortable. We beat them comfortably with our with our second team. We played some youngsters. Surtliz got 30 minutes. Um, it was nice to see him on the pitch. Um, and man of the match, probably agree with you. Mario Vrusai, goal assist. Now, moving to this game. Um, one nothing. You know, we kind of briefly talked about Adruzos having a great game. And for me, Adruzos, Adruzos or Oleg could both be candidates. They both could have, uh, because of all the work they did down those wings, you could honestly, and with the data that we're looking at now, you could give Oleg or Adruzos more so Oleg because he had more of the opportunities that were created that actually had 
probably more of a significant threat on goal, maybe, but both of them could get a nod. But for me, I would be I'm gonna be looking more at Mari or even Buchalakis. The long balls that they played, Buchalakis's long ball is what led to the Bruma goal. Um, now, even though Bruma scored the goal, what's gonna keep me from giving him a man of the match award is the fact that he wasn't really involved in the game. I mean, it was here and there. I mean, he did have the great run on the goal, which of course caused the mistake, and then he was able to score the goal. But Buchalakis and Madi were pulling the strings, and they had a lot of great balls. Uh, not to take anything away from Mvila, I thought he did a good job today as well, but he fulfilled his normal role. He's a six. He's going to sit right in front of the defense, behind the wing backs, but in front of the center backs usually. Hopefully, he's in front of the center backs and not in line with them. But that's his role, and he distributes. And then Buchalakis and Madi. Madi was more pushed forward. And in the positional mapping, I mean, he was further ahead in possession than El Arabi was. So his link up was in terms of where he got the ball and with respect to how he distributed, he was further forward in the link up than El Arabi was. El Arabi really didn't get involved unless he was just in front of the, the half field. So for me, with Buchalakis getting the assist, Buchalakis having the, leading the team with smart attempted smart passes along with Mari. I'm probably going to end up leaning to Buchalakis and giving him man of the match today because of the assist, because of the long balls he sent and him moving around nonstop, winning the ball, doing a lot of that that hard work, that really unglorified work. I'm going to give it to him. And for Martins, the. Uh, even though I didn't like the 4-3-3, it was effective. Uh, we crowded them out. They really didn't get anything going forward. I didn't like it, but it was effective. So that goes for that goes for Martins. The I think that I was okay with him waiting to do the subs because I didn't see us really giving up a lot of ground. When we finally started to give up some ground, that's when some of the changes came in. Fortunis came on. Um, uh, and some other adjustments were made. So I, I'm going to give him... A B plus. I'm with you think, on that. Yeah, I think I'll give him a B plus. What, what's going to keep it from, from an A was the fact that he never, uh, well, not that he never took El Arabi out, but the he waited so long to get El Arabi out and then how he took El Arabi out. I would have put Hassan on quicker. I would have put, or I would have made the change quicker and put Hassan on or... Uh, and Vrusai, I would have put Vrusai on. He's for me, he's more successful and more direct winger. But I guess, I guess, you know, if if also if it were me, I'd be saving Vrusai as well for the ball game because that's a more important game. So maybe a little bit is is rest. But you know what? I'm going to stick with the B plus. I think it's a solid B, like B plus as well. That was my that was my thinking. I and I agree with absolutely everything you said. The 4-3-3, it worked today, I think the yeah. first time this season. It's the first time I've watched us play the 4-3-3 this season and thought it worked today. Like you said, we were convincing in possession and the difference was the fullbacks. Yep. If you have the fullbacks that can play that formation, then you can attack, you can play possession, you can open teams up, you can create chances. And that was, that was key to playing it's key to playing this formation and we've talked about it before 
you can't play 4-3-3 effectively with Kolebas and Rafinha. You just can't. You need those wing-backs that will just be bombing up and down all game, creating space, giving us width, giving space for the, the wingers to play as inside forwards. So that was... I think that's that could change our season. I dare say it could change our season. If you play Mvia, Bukhalagis, Madi together like that, they really bossed the midfield. They bossed the they midfield. It, it's hard to pick a match uh to pick a man of the match today. Uh I I really liked Andrutos. I was I, I'm impressed with him because I see that he's worked the tactics of the position and he got a lot of touches right at the beginning of the game in the yeah. first half he was on the ball a lot he was tidy i think i i saw his first misplaced pass in the 65th minute yep so uh, having said that again i i, I agree with you buchalakis unsung hero in a lot of games the pass he makes today for the assist is is a peach and in general, the amount of, you know, 30, 40 yard cross field passes that he played today to feet were, were fantastic. Maybe, maybe Maddy sneaks it for me yeah. today. Just those, you saw those surging runs from him, that power, that drive that he brings to the team. He's really the, he's a game changer for us always when he's, when he's looking like that, he's the dynamo of the midfield. And again, like I said, it's 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 hard to pick one, but maybe Madi for me, he he edges it today. Yeah, I I think I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I mean, Bukalakis led the team, or I should say, led non-defensive players in interceptions today. So I mean, he did his off-the-ball work. He's I, we always it kind of ignore the his ability to read plays and passing lanes. He's actually pretty good at it. And he cuts out some of these passes that really, if he doesn't cut them out, they can lead to very dangerous opportunities. And I think we take that for granted sometimes. And it's not something that we value a lot, I should say. So, I mean, now for me, I, I value it. I have bias because I played as a midfielder. So I always will value, maybe sometimes even overvalue the midfielder's role and what they do. But in this case, his defensive duties. He was pretty good closing down players. He was pretty good in the air today too. Four of six in the aerial duels. He won uh, all but one of his defensive duels effectively. Um, loose balls. I mean, he's not. He, he doesn't always come out with some of those loose balls. Uh, he's a little bit on the slower end, but I don't think we can complain too much. All in all, uh, I think. You know, it was a it was a it was a professional performance by most of the players. Again, another performance where I don't think any one player was vastly superior or vastly better than anybody else. Even Fortunis, when he came on, he you know he was dynamic. He changed things up, but low gear, low yeah. gear for him exactly. Yeah. And I think that was also by design. I don't think he was supposed to really come out and make it happen because I think, you know, it was one nothing. We had a lot of opportunities, but at that point, we kind of locked things in, especially when Holebas came on. We were just locking it down and trying to just lock up those three points. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you've made it this far. It's been a, a great show today. We did a rundown of uh, the Greek Cup game that we missed. 
uh, the Adromedos game. We're sitting, I think, 12 points clear in the table now with the draw from Ike Bauk. We're sitting pretty. Uh, you know, the overlapping wingbacks look good. We have a couple other guests lined up. Like I said, next week we have the we have Harry Carrier George from the Olympiacos DC Soccer School. We're excited to talk to him. And don't forget, guys, please write us a review. If you have Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. We will read it. We don't care what you say. Make fun of Lambro. Tell us he's a Bauk fan like half the other reviews already have. We love it. Leave us a review. Uh, give us a five-star rating. It really helps. It's really helping other listeners and Greek soccer fans find us, other Greek English-speaking Olympiakos fans, even Greek-speaking ones. It's helping people find, it's helping us connect a great community. It is fantastic what's happening, the community that's been built. Please help us keep this going. Again, thank you all for listening, and we look forward to having you uh, for midweek series episode.